1: The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Odyssey Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi, and every river, lake, and field in between, let's talk everything outdoors.
2: Ha,
0: ha, ha You're on the crazy train.
1: Welcome to the Wacky Walleye Cutting Edge Outdoor Show. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 12:50 a.m. The Fan.
3: Oh, welcome everybody to the Skipper uh, to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors. Sorry about that. I hope you're all having a good morning so far. Mine is going a little rough, but anyway, we come to you every Saturday morning here at the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors from six to eight a.m. and we are live. And if you want to get involved in the show, you got any questions or comments? 414-799-1250 is the phone number, or you can email us live. At CEO Guys at Yahoo.com, and finally, Danny Bush is back, and I'm Tom Newbauer. Good morning, Danny.
2: Yeah, good morning, Tom. It's good to be back. I guess I was only gone just that one Saturday, I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah just, I kind of just... I was a little late with the opening because I pressed the wrong button on my phone, and <laughs> I thought I hung up, and I, I don't know, it was really weird. I guess I didn't.
2: Well, you know, you're you're already we're thirty seconds into the show, and <laughs> We're all already off the off the grid. We're messing off the up already. Of the
3: crazy train, yeah.
2: That's right. Already off the off the tracks. It doesn't yeah. take us to get long to get derailed. No. I tell you.
3: Well, listen, Danny. We got a number of emails that we got during the week that I'll get through kind of quick. All right.
2: Go for it. Take it.
3: All right. First of all, this is from our friend Bruce. The, it says, Youper here Thursday night, a little after nine o'clock. My wife and I were on our deck." We saw something running across the field behind our backyard. When I got closer, I clapped, I clapped my hands and it stopped. We could see it was a cougar. It hesitated and proceeded into the woods. We are in Pewaukee off of Highway K. Danny, you got something to watch out for out there?
2: Well, you know, I, I kind of like cougars myself, so I, I, uh, I don't know. I'm not too worried about it. Um, you know, well, your friend Sal saw one a couple of years ago, right? Yeah, In out the by area? Holy
3: Hill area, yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I would really like to see one. Um, that, you know, but, you know, it's, it's been well documented that we have young male cougars who evidently leave South Dakota, North Dakota, wherever, and they go out and try and establish their own territory. Mm-hmm. And uh, via the use of trail cams, they've been able to sometimes piece together the track Trails of them. Then that the one made it all the way down to Chicago before you know the uh sh- you know the, the sh- Chicago you know cops shot it down there. I'm uh-huh. I'm surprised surprised the Cougars Lives Matters group didn't really get upset about that. But evidently they didn't they didn't nobody made a fuss when they shot the cougar down there. But uh, if they ever find a reproducing pair of cougars in Wisconsin, that's when I'll that's when I'll be surprised. I guess we got to have a female make its way out here.
3: Yeah. Well, we got another one here. This is from Mark. And this is for a new. And now, if anybody wants to read a a longer, detailed list, just go to the Wisconsin DNR Fish Consumption Advisories. Now, this is for the Yahara Chain of Lakes and waterways to the Rock River. Now, the Yahara Chain of Lakes is like Mendota. Uh, Monona, Wabisa, it said uh, a new PFAS fish consumption advisory for all of those lakes. Uh, it's like for panfish, excuse me, crappie, largemouth bass, northern pike, walleye, you're recommended to only eat one meal a month. And for bluegill and pumpkin seed and perch, uh, one meal a week. Um, there, there's a, a certain type of, I'll try to say it, Danny. Poly, oh, no. polychlorinated biphenyls, or something like that. <laughs> biphenyls, yeah, polychlorinated biphenyls are in the water. I,
2: I, okay, I'm gonna say it's polychlorinated biphenyls. There you go, you got it. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds real good. All yeah, right. You know, I almost was a scientist, but then I <laughs> changed careers. But you know, the only, uh, the only, I guess our good friend Paul Mahalik, who's just an expert fisherman and catches a lot, a lot of fish out of that Madison chain, and uh, him and Don the muskie hunter, uh, they they consume quite a bit of them. Uh, maybe it'll affect them. I I guess we'll have to have to ask them if any parts of their body start glowing or something weird happens. But uh, I guess one meal a week of bluegill and pumpkin seed, yellow perch. Yeah, that's probably no more than most people do anyway, I would think. Right, yeah. And one meal a month, same thing with crappie, bass, pike, walleye. I mean, very few people are, you know, we all got fillets in our freezer, but we're not eating it all the time. So I I think in most cases, these, these advisories, it's nice they put them out there. But unless somebody's subsistence living on fish, I don't think we really got to worry too much. Something else will get us before the polychlorinated biphenyls will. Yeah. Uh,
3: well, I'll tell you, if, if it was me, when it comes to pike, crappie, and bass, I, I'd, I'd, I'd eat it once a week if I could. But my wife, she'll say, well, we just had that. Well, yeah, that's okay. I like it. I don't mind having it again, you know, a week later. But anyway, I guess that's me. But this other one is from chip now chip is from erie pennsylvania he listens to us I, I don't know i mean on the on the podcast i guess anyway it says uh well there's two parts to it. i'll do this one first he says getting ready to start lake erie walleye fishing our catch rates are through the roof the last four years with no signs of slowing down in the last three years or so although the schools of jumbo perch are tough to find now All right, but here's the other part. It says, hi, guys, check out the link below. I thought you might find it interesting. It's basically about the California's 30-year-old assault weapon ban was overturned, and then it's got a whole long list of things you need to know. So I guess in California you can have what they deem as an assault weapon, basically an AR-15. It's been banned for the last thirty years, but a judge just said it was un- unconstitutional. So.
2: What, what you, what you see happening, Tom? Um, being as on a federal level, uh, you know, with with our uh, current administration and president, there's a going to be a push from the from the top on down, uh, kind of to ban guns, against guns. But you got states proactively, I think, trying to. Uh, preempt anything by passing their own laws uh, protecting the Second Amendment so you got states more and more uh, you know acting to protect protect our gun rights so uh, interesting to follow though
3: right now this last one is uh, this is an update uh, sent to us by our friend Jim Lombardo over there at Bell Ambulance there's uh, Hot Rods and Heroes of fundraisers for uh more veterans um it's going to be held at jim dandy's at uh, 8900 south 27th street Oak no creek and it's going to be sunday june 13th from 8 a.m to 3 p.m and uh ten dollars per car entry and uh, you know it's a car show a lot of a lot of cool cars show up there there's going to be music there and all kinds of good stuff now if you want any more information you got to call Deb I don't even know how to pronounce that. You got to call Deb at 414-331-3303. All right, Danny, I'm done.
2: Well, you know, I, I, keep going, buddy. It sounds good.
3: Oh no, that's all. That, that's there
2: all. No more emails?
3: No, that was that, those were sent during the week. I'm sure we'll have more this morning, unless everybody's out fishing.
2: Well, as or far we as,
3: answer all their questions beforehand.
2: Well, let's talk a little fishing now. How about your son? Has he been out in the area doing anything well, in the last couple of weeks?
3: Well, I've been out this last oh, week. And, okay. Uh, I'll tell you, I was reading an article in a magazine, and it said the largemouth bass patrol the outside edges of, uh, of uh, lily pads. That's a lot of bull. They're in the lily pads. Uh, as a matter of fact... Uh, one day we were out, it was super, I mean, every day we were out, super hot, and um, we were catching bass in two feet of water in the lily pads, uh, and my son Chris got the biggest one, he got one that was over 18 inches, we didn't measure it, but we know it was over 18, And uh, but no, they're in the lily pads, even in really shallow water, and uh, even on those hot, hot days.
2: You know, I used to, as a kid, Tom. I loved fishing lakes, Northern Wisconsin lakes, fishing on a shoreline where I saw lily pads because yeah. that just made me excited. That just said bass to me in yeah. in my young brain. And I pulled out the old snag-proof frog, which was also known as the fish-proof frog because <laughs> you could never you could never hook them. But just having one fish kind of blow up on it in the lily pads uh-huh. it, it was great you'd cast it out and you'd twitch it. It, 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 it you remember the old advice Tom with top waters they used to say cast it out and let it hit and then you'd watch the rings you know go yeah. out you know and so you let those vibrations or that sound whatever get to the bass and get their attention then you wait and give it a twitch and then it move it slow and onto the lily pad and I don't know, do you think there's any credence to that whole idea about when it hits the water, let those vibration, whatever the waves go out there, and does that really alert a fish to the presence?
3: We had hits that as soon as it hit the water, it was being hit by a fish. It uh, didn't have to wait anything. They, You know, fish. It, when something lands in the water, the fish know there's something there. If there's a fish around, you know, if there's a bass around, it knows there's something there.
2: Well, I guess now well, I that you. I don't
3: go real slow. No,
2: I don't go real slow. No, you work it? Because I guess I used to work it. I'd crawl it over the lily pad. Then mm-hmm. I, yep. I mean, I just painstakingly work it. But for a young kid, it was fun because you were anticipating a, a hit from a 14 inch Lunker bass at any time. And even if you got a 12 incher, you were thrilled. But I guess fish, when you think about it, they do react when something hits the water. They sense that. I don't know if you'd call it that they hear it or if they feel the vibration in their lateral line. But, I mean, when there's a bunch of bluegills sitting under a dock, you can take anything. Uh, You can take a little pebble. You can take whatever. And uh, you can take a leaf, throw it onto the water, and as soon as it hits the water, they'll come shooting on up nose in it. So they obviously obviously sense it.
3: Yep, that's what makes those wacky worm rigs so good. But I'll tell you what, uh, two weeks ago, my oldest son, Chris, was up north, and uh, this is, this something like this has never happened before to to us, never, ever, ever. He saw a whole bunch of really nice bluegills, and not one of them would bite a mini mite. He said it was a good thing he had some waxworms with him, because that they hit all, or no, he had uh, some nightcrawlers with him, and he was pinching pieces of nightcrawlers, or you know, throwing it out, and he said that they would hit, but the Mini Mite they wouldn't touch. Now, that was strange because normally they hit the Mini Mite all the time. And so you were in here last week, and my son Nick uh, bought a boat. Um, not new, it wasn't a brand new boat, but it was new to him. And I think I told you it was that uh, that uh, Lumacraft uh, Magnum 165CS with a 90 horse Merc on the back. So. But he's got to get an, oh, he's got to get an electric motor. We were talking about that. The three of us were out fishing one day last week, and uh, we were talking how he's got to get a new electric motor. And we were talking about the expense, you know, of those spot lock motors. And my son Chris says, well, I got spot lock in my boat. And we said, what? And he says, yeah, it's called an anchor.
2: Well, I, <laughs> that I will tell
3: That was a joke. You can laugh now if you want.
2: Yeah. <laughs> So, good one, Tom. Um, I will say that, um, you know, I've got the new Humminbird and uh, Minn Kota system all linked, and I'm only beginning to use all the different features, but that spot lock, I love, because you can be in the waves, and you hook a fish, and you don't want to, you know, go drifting over the school of fish to spook more of them, or get washed into shore... I hit the spot lock and I can help land the fish for the guy, and hook the fish, and it keeps you relatively close, you know, to the spot where you... So I find that spot lock to be I- invaluable. Now, the one thing I will say is this. I do feel that, okay, you see you're in clear, shallow water. You see a school of smallies. So you go to put spot lock on. Um, I do kind of wonder, and Dale Strosheim alluded to this, as far as do fish sense the electronics now he mentioned even having sonar on ice fishing for walleyes in deep water he even felt that that definitely spooked the bigger walleyes and I do kind of wonder if you've got that trolling motor constantly turning and the blade you know the prop going the the sound of that or vibration of that and the other electronics I you know I I do kind of think that perhaps that does spook the fish and you'd probably be better off with the talons if you got them to put your anchor or regular old anchor in line, you know, and then just let everything settle down. So, uh, you know, it it might have its limitations. The good old fashioned way still might be best in some cases, I'm I'm thinking.
3: I kind of agree with that. Yeah. And right now we got to go to our first commercial break of the day. So stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors with Dan Bush and Tom Newbauer.
2: Welcome back. To the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. I'm Dan Bush, along with Tom Newbower. We want to uh, take the time to thank our many listeners out there, and we also always pay our respects to uh, law enforcement, military, healthcare, first responders. Uh, appreciate everybody out there who uh, help protect us and keep our country safe. And uh, Tom, uh, let's see. I was going to. Oh, I was going to mention you were talking about. Uh, mini mites and your son had a situation where the panfish were not hitting mini mites. Oh, yeah. Um, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday and he's been catching panfish, uh, gills, I believe he said, and mini mites and he catches them on waxworms. just, just like you would use ice fishing in, in the middle of winter. And, oh, yeah. you know, and, and yeah, I, I guess when you think about it, uh, why wouldn't that work in, you know, the same technique that you're using through the ice should work now for them in open water?
3: Yeah, uh, wax worms for panfishes, especially bluegills, has always been big over the years, but there is one problem. You catch a lot of those little three-inchers on them, you know, and at least with the mini mite, you're, you know, the, the, the little ones uh, don't, you know, they don't go after that bigger mini mite, you know, they're they're, you know, you're catching larger fish. The quality is better, generally, you know, And uh, but when just using a waxworm and a little, like, ice jig or something, yeah, you get so many of those little fish because that fits in their mouth real easily, you know. So, yes, you catch, you know what, that's great for uh, when you got kids out, young kids that just want to see the barber go down and catch anything. That's the perfect thing
2: to use. Well, and the other the other. Thing that man, night crawlers. You can't go wrong with night crawlers. Just a a little piece of night crawler sometimes. Uh, if you want to try and get bigger uh, panfish or have a chance at a bass grabbing it, then I like to use at least a half a night crawler, uh, or go to a whole night crawler if I if I want to get a big bass. Now, obviously, if you got a bunch of panfish around. You use that whole nightcrawler, and there's a good chance you're going to get robbed or oh, half yeah, of it. constantly. <laughs> constantly, but, uh, but if you got enough nightcrawlers with you, by golly, uh, you can go to the whole nightcrawler. And I generally like to go uh, with, uh, with mini mites. I like to use a little bobber, and it seems like as soon as it hits the water, that's when you're going to get one uh on a mini mite and then if you don't get one maybe wind it a little bit and let it sit again and if i don't get one right away i like to cast out again and just yeah. keep covering covering water now with,
3: oh, that, that, i was going to say that's good for shallow water but for when you're on the deep water weed line you know the deep edge of the weed lines then you know then it's hard you can't use a bobber then then you go bobberless you know
2: well, I, I, I agree. Um, in fact, if I'm going to uh, go on that deep weed line, let's say I'm in 10 feet of water, something like that, uh, I like to go with just a split shot up about 15 inches and small hook and uh, half a crawler. Chuck that out and just let it sink on down, and then just, sure, you're going to get some weeds. you got to kind of slowly pull it through the weeds, but all of a sudden you'll there will be tap, 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 and you'll have a... Uh, have a uh, panfish on bluegill whatever pumpkin seeds. so yeah that's that's worked good over the years now I did talk to I haven't seen um, I haven't been out on my pier here a lot because I was out of town typically this time of year I'll start seeing the pumpkin seeds in here and and I can catch them right off the pier I went out last year with our friend Randy reading and we went down the shoreline here and got some Um, but I haven't seen any along the shore here but I did talk to a gentleman yesterday who said he's been getting the panfish um bluegills pumpkin seeds i don't know exactly what but he uh he's been getting them on the west end of pewaukee so evidently uh they they are hitting somewhere on the lake here
3: well i'm, I'm sure you know every day somewhere on a lake some fish is biting you know some place somewhere you know some kind of fish on the lake is biting and it, you know it's funny uh this last week on the lakes we fished you know we're we're catching bass and Shallow water, anywhere from two feet to six feet, and uh, I guess their new preferred temperature range is 75 degrees plus. You know, because <laughs> there were a lot of fish in there, and you know everybody should be catching a lot of fish, especially under docks too, under docks, uh, pontoon boats, things like that. Um, there were there, there, there were fish all over the place. So, and I'm sure there were fish in. In deeper water you know there were bass in deeper water and there were bass on the flats because uh, i've always said that you can find them in one of three places or like buck perry said i should say shallow deep or somewhere in between you know they're going to be
2: somewhere you know this time of year let's see when is father's day is that next week i, next I week? think it's on the 12th well to, the, today
3: oh, today's, <laughs> today's the 12th, 12th. <laughs> well i don't think it's today
2: well, I suppose because being the being the glorified wonderful father that you are, I mean, you'd have the Goodyear blimp flying over your house from your from your adoring family.
3: Yeah, next I think it's next week Sunday maybe.
2: You know, Father's Day. Of course, we can't call it Father's Day anymore, Tom. It's it's called non-birthing parent day.
3: It's oh, is that non-birthing,
2: right? Yeah, that's right. We got to Come on, man, you got to get woke, man. Get with the program. Yes, Thanks. it's non-birthing parents day.
3: I'll never be woke.
2: No, I'm no. sorry. Yeah.
3: yeah. I, so, I, any, I, won't, I, I won't be a hipster.
2: Not going to be. So, you know, it's speaking not with hipster. That, what are you talking about? Hipster.
3: Hey, speaking of that. What? Okay, you know, you've seen guys with these buns, these man buns on the top of their heads? Yes. Okay, now that is the stupidest looking thing I've ever seen, right? That is so stupid looking. And the guys that wear them don't realize how stupid they look with them. Anyway, everybody's kind of like laughing at him. And you know what's just as bad is when women have it on those top of their heads. I think those are dumb looking too. Those top knots, guys. I mean, what do
2: you mean? Uh, you know, chicks dig the bun, man. Uh, can't, Steven Seagal, don't you remember him? He was always the no, bad.
3: Oh, he had you a know. ponytail.
2: Is that a ponytail? Yeah, he had more. I of think he had a bun, bun in one of those. But
3: no, I just I don't know. I don't like the, the the bun on women either. I don't like that either. That look, I think that looks dumb too.
0: Well, <laughs> but
3: especially on guys, that looks really weird on guys. But I what I'd never tell Mark Tauscher that. I'd say, Mark Tauscher, that looks good
2: on you. <laughs> well, how about how about like how about your wife? Did she ever get the bun?
3: No, never.
2: Did she yeah. get like her hair permed and stuff though?
3: About forty years ago once she did and then she learned a lesson, didn't do that again.
2: See, my mom, you know, in the old days women would get the perms and I guess that was kind of an old school thing. Yeah. And uh, let me ask you that did your wife cut her hair short then once she got older?
3: No. No, she leaves no. it long.
2: Well but that's one, good.
3: One time when we were younger she cut it short once and it didn't look very good, so
2: Yeah. I've always kinda you I've always kinda kind of wondered, you know, why women as they get older, they cut, they, you know, guys like girls with long hair, and all of a sudden they cut their hair short, you know, because they, they're old and married. I don't know I don't why. Know.
3: Well, hey, well, why do guys shave did. their heads, you know? Less, what? Like I said, why do guys shave their heads? Heads, You know, less, less to deal with,
2: you know? Well, okay, I guess so. Yeah, I guess you're right. People cut their hair. It's going to be comfortable, especially in this kind of weather. Most guys who shave their head are going bald anyway, though, Tom.
3: Yeah, usually that's the case, yeah. Yeah,
2: or I they wish or I they...
3: could shave my head.
2: Why? Never why can't ever you...
3: have to worry about it? You know?
2: Why can't you shave your head?
3: Because I would look like uh, that one Three Stooges guy. Uh, curly. Curly. <laughs> Mo... <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I,
2: you know, I can't shave my head either because I think I got a flat spot on my head. <laughs> I do. When I reach up, I feel on uh, one side that, that it's. You know, and I think it's from, my dad said when I was a little kid, they didn't have car seats, and one time I was like two years old, he had to slam on the brakes, and I launched from the front seat right onto the floor, or oh. the dash, and, and he was thought I about killed myself. I, I think I think it did permanent damage, Tom.
3: That's why you are the way you are, huh? Yeah,
2: I, I think it explains. It's that flat <laughs> spot pressing in on the brain, which causes problems.
3: yeah. Well,
2: and then I feel all other kinds of bumps on my head too. So, I, you know, I don't want to shave my head, and people will see I got a flat half of my head. I'll look like a weirdo.
3: Well, that's all right. I don't think we, you and I, have anything to worry about with uh, shaving our heads. But right now, all we got to worry about is the top, at the bottom of the hour. We got another break coming up, and after the break, we have the weekly gut report, and I got a nice refreshing one for you today.
2: Well, that's so, about okay. well time.
3: Yeah, so folks, you stay tuned. We got more to come right here on 1250 AM, The Fan.
4: Come
5: here, I'm going to eat you.
4: I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly.
3: The gut report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. Well, when I said I had a refreshing gut report, this is what I meant. Now, in these warm days that we've been having, it's nice to have a liquid refreshment. Now, yes, there's many of them out there, and alcohol is included, of course, but here's one that you might not have heard of, might never have tried. You squeeze the juice of one lemon into a pitcher and the juice of one orange into a pitcher. Then you add a little bit of sugar and one quart of, uh, um, what do you call that stuff? Oh, uh, carbonated water, a quart of carbonated water, and mix that together. It's got an orangey taste, but a little bit of a lemon afternote. It's, it's it's very refreshing. It's very good. Juice of one lemon, one orange, a little sugar, and one quart of carbonated water. You got yourself a really nice, and oh, of course, pour it over ice so it's nice and cold. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price, selection, and service at 51st and Oklahoma in Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com.
2: All right. Thank you, Tom, for that scintillating lemonade recipe. You're listening to the wacky walleyes. Cutting edge outdoors. <laughs> what?
3: That wasn't lemonade. Well, what was it? It was the juice of one lemon, the juice of one orange, a little sugar, and then a quart of carbonated water.
2: Well, well, what do you call it? If you don't call it lemonade, there's lemon in there. I
3: I have no idea what you call it. All I know is I call it taste good.
2: Come on. Call it (laughs) It could, good. it can make you could make something up. Maybe one of our listeners can email email us with a good idea. What do we call Tom's drink? You know, I was out fishing with Don the Hunter this week, and yeah. you know he was he was kind of complaining about your gut reports, Tom. But I think this with with this one, you're coming back strong. So well, uh,
3: especially if you had some vodka to it.
2: Well, yeah, then anything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, speaking of Don the Muskie Hunter, we were out. As you, as you guys know I was out smallmouth fishing right uh, the last uh, many days and uh, you know we got fish it wasn't like in years past where we were just slamming them but you know you worked hard we found some fish. One interesting thing though is uh, uh, I think it was Don's brother Greg snagged a, a goby or maybe he didn't snag it anyway he caught a goby and uh, so he took and put it on Don's hook. Uh, we were fishing with some night crawlers catching some nice smallies, and uh, I resorted to live bait tactics, and, man, that saved the day because the fish were in the shallow, clear water and spooky as could be, but launching out the old night crawler, they didn't know what hit him. But he hooked the goby on, and son of a gun, if all of a sudden we, we hear some noise in the back of the boat and old Don's rod is butt doubled over, he got a 4-pound molly on that goby. How about <laughs> it, that? It, it sucked that right down, man, yeah. Really, uh, really pretty interesting. Another interesting thing I saw, Tom, was uh, we saw, and of course we're on Lake Michigan water, a giant big brown snake. Looked like it was over 40 inches come swimming by. Big brown snake. Now, you were talking about, I think it was you that was talking about somewhere on, uh, was either Lake Michigan, Lake, somewhere where there's an yeah. island where there's all these snakes and they want to keep swimming on your boat?
3: Yeah, it was up on either Plum Island or Detroit Island, up by Washington
2: Island. Okay, okay, so that is around there. I'm wondering if that's the same kind of snake. Do you remember? Because these, this thing was like brown, yeah. kind of a mottled, kind of modeled, m- modeled, mottled, I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. Mottled brown. Yeah. Yeah, it was, that, yeah, yeah. That's what did. they looked like. And, uh, and then we had a little one swim by later. Now, they didn't try and get on our boat. They were actually cutting across the bay going from one side to the other. Uh, but we did talk to one guy on shore, and he talked about how he took a picture of one with a goby in its mouth. And it oh, was wow. eating this goby. And apparently, if you know, like when you look at the picture and blow it up, it looks like some kind of monster, you know, eating, you know, looks pretty kind of creepy. But uh, those brown snakes, now, you said they'd swim out towards the boat, and what, do you have to kind of beat them off with your with your rod tip?
3: Well, that one day when we were up there, yeah, as a matter of fact, one of them came over the back end of the boat, and the guy who was in the back of the boat, he grabbed an oar, because it was a regular, it was a 16-foot, like, rowboat and uh, he was beating it with uh, with the oar. It finally, he finally got it out of the boat.
2: Now, one thing I'd like to know, I'm going to have to look in my Wisconsin field guide to nature, what kind of species of snake that is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, some type of water snake. Now, water snakes, uh, obviously, you know, a water moccasin is venomous, but these snakes, you know, I'm quite sure they're not. But water snakes can be really aggressive. I, I do believe they all... We all like to bite a lot, so we don't like water snakes. No, no, I don't, no, definitely. Now, would you think, would would have you ever experienced a bass, a big bass, taking, eating a small snake?
3: Well, I've never seen it, but years ago there was a very popular lure by the Producto Lure Company called the Water Moccasin. It had a, a, a floating plastic head with a, you know, big hook on it, and it had a big ribbon tail worm on it that when it was coming through the water, it looked like a little snake, about a, you know, let's say eight inches overall snake swimming through the water. And when I was doing commercials for it, I did have fish grab it and eat it, you know, so I did catch bass on it. Um, It was popular for a while, but then it kind of like fell out of favor, I guess. Huh. Well, so I guess a... I guess they do eat snakes. Sure, why I'm
2: sh- not? I'm sh- I'm sure I'm sure they would. Guess we got a caller here, Tom. All righty. All right, let's go
1: to Keith in Waukesha.
2: Good morning, guys. How are you hey. doing today? Hey, morning, Keith. Keith, what's up?
5: I just want to tell you you are talking about those talons and uh, for uh, anchoring a boat. Yep. Uh, a friend of mine's got two of them, and this guy's pretty sharp, right? And we went out a couple times, and we'd be fishing with him for a while. Some dead battery won't start. And fully, he's got a 31, Group 31 battery, which is a pretty big, big beast, you know. But we found out those things take 30 amps on draw, on the initial draw.
3: Yeah.
5: And then if you're sitting there in any kind of waves, that they, they constantly seek position. So they're using five amps every time they pound that little stake back up and down again. So unless you've got a real monster of a battery, Uh, an early 12-volt, you know, it it can draw that battery down to nothing and then you're stuck out there with them and you can't do nothing with them, you know.
3: Oh, I did not know that.
5: Oh, yeah, you just got to be aware of the power... I'm reading on some of these that they even draw when you're not using them, when you're sitting in the garage or whatever. Do they...
2: Let me ask you, uh, uh, did you, man, do they run off the starting battery or off the trolling? Uh,
5: yeah, I asked him about that, he said, uh, well, we had them hooked up, and most people hook them up off their starter battery, and the problem is, too, I mean, they take 30 amps on an initial draw, so if you're not using a heavy wire where your starting battery is compared to where they are, you know, you can actually increase the draw a little bit, because, you know, you increase the resistance uh, with a lighter wire, so... Uh, they make sure if anybody gets them that they're properly installed. And and uh, you just got to get a darn big Group 31 battery to keep them operating in your boat. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck, you know? So,
3: right. So. Well, right. That's good information, Keith. Thanks for calling. Yeah, they're,
5: with uh, they're nice, but uh, everything that's nice, you've got to have power to operate it. They don't operate for free,
3: you know? Right. Right. All right. Well, thanks, Keith. Appreciate okay.
2: thanks, it. Thanks, Keith.
3: Have a good day, thanks, you guys. Take care now. Take care. Uh, we got an email here, Danny. Okay. This is from our friend Bob Garfinkel. He says Guys, just wondering the internet was on fire this week about the repair of launches on Pewaukee Lake. In northeast Wisconsin, we repair launches in the late fall or very early spring. Why would they repair launches at the peak of the season? Have you heard anything about any launches on Pewaukee being repaired right now?
2: Well, the launch here on the east end um, was redone last fall and that's quite nice now the only thing is if you launch here you do pay to pay to launch uh a season permit is 50 bucks uh you can get that at the village hall uh down uh near 164 i guess it is in capital
3: well he's, uh, he's asking about uh being repairs being done now
2: i think they're talking of they must be talking about the uh uh, Naga Wicka launch on the far west end yeah
3: the
1: uh, I know launch, typically
2: yeah. I know typically sometimes this in years past they've been out there dredging this time of year and uh, the water level is so low right now this year uh, that that makes launching even tougher I was talking to one guy and he said the, the the launch over there pretty much uh is bad news right now so they must be referring to that I'm guess maybe they're doing some work there maybe they're dredging I don't know yeah yeah
3: I don't know either maybe if if one of our listeners what's knows what's going around on over at that DNR county lunch uh at Pewaukee on the west end maybe they'll give us a call and let us know the,
2: the the other thing uh I was talking with Tom Kep about this way back in uh March April whenever when uh, ice first went out uh the water level you know was visibly you know low and I don't know he and I were both thinking out loud about why it, they kind of regulate that with the dam here. Why don't they, you know, you know, kind of regulate it a little bit better to hold more water to raise the water level in the lake as opposed to letting it all flow through? I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know who really runs that or regulates it, but uh, I would think that uh, having low water, too low a water on a lake can be a problem too, especially at that West End launch.
3: Yep, definitely agree. And but I gotta do, I, we, well we gotta do this now because coming up next is the Schwaggle and that's brought to you by Carl's Country Market out there in Menominee Falls on Pilgrim Road in Silver Spring, award-winning sausages and German specialties and all kinds of other good stuff, and of course uh, by bait made fish attractants and Coleman insect repellents. You want the fish attractants on your lures and you want the insect repellents on you to keep the insects away. So anyway, you can get a really nice prize package from all of those if you win the Hornschwagel. If you want to be a contestant and you haven't been one in the last two months, just call at 414-799-1250. That's 414-799-1250. Be a winner in the Hornschwagel. We'll be right back.
2: Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors, and uh, I just want to mention last week's Hornschwaggle winner, Uh, being as I just returned to uh, Fort Bush yesterday, I did mail out the uh, um, the $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market um, yesterday, so you should be getting it soon, so uh, hold tight there if uh, last week's winner, I forget the name off the top of my head. And uh, do we have a lucky contestant now, Sam? Yes. Today we got Gary in Menominee Falls. Hey, Gary. How you doing?
4: Good morning, Good. Gary. morning, guys.
2: All right. So today's topic is smallmouth bass, being as I was up smallmouth bass fishing um, this week. So here we go. Smallmouth bass feed primarily due to vibration and sense with their lateral line because they have very poor vision and are not sight feeders. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle?
5: I'm going to say Hornschwaggle.
2: Hornschwaggle, yeah. Smallmouth bass are primarily sight feeders. Okay, you're one out of one. Okay, Uh, smallmouth bass have thrived in the Bay of Green Bay and Lake Michigan, Due to, and got grown much bigger due to the introduction of the invasive species known as the goober. Hornschwaggle or no Hornschwaggle? I'm going to say no Hornschwaggle. No, that was a mm. Uh Goober was Gomer's brother. It was the goby. The goby <laughs> that's the, when they introduced. Okay, so you're one one out of two. Sorry about that we one. Got you on that one. I just okay. had to throw in that goober, you know. Goober right. pile. Okay. Uh, smallmouth bass, when caught out of the clear, cold water of Door County, can taste pretty darn good. Horn or no horn I'll say horn swaggle. No, that was a no mm. horn swaggle. Yeah, the smallmouth oh. tastes good out of there. Doggone it. Well, we oh. appreciate, you, appreciate you listening and playing, but try it out. I, I, gotta start, next I guess week. i got to start. Well, I'm all bass fishing.
5: I'm am I'm, I'm
2: Gary, the guy calls him Bullheads all the time. Oh uh, yeah, you're the Bullhead. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, if you call again, remind. If you you now, being as you didn't win, you can try and call in again. You know, next week if you want. And uh, if you want, uh, maybe I'll have some Bullhead questions for you. <laughs>
3: all
2: right, I'll ace them. All right, all right. take care, man. Thanks
3: all right, guys, calling. thank
2: you. Yep.
3: All right, we uh we have a an, an email here, Danny
2: all right they're about, coming about,
3: in hot about water snakes okay and this comes from bob regular listener and snake expert on the, on the dnr site it's called uh, the common water snake it's got a latin name for it and uh they they go about 24 to 40 inches they're common they're non-venomous and uh and it's just like what you said they got uh Black or brown transverse blotches; they're kind of mottled looking, you know.
2: Mottled, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: Some people uh, they think they, they're a water moccasin, but they're not, you know. Uh, they they kind of look like a, a water moccasin or a cottonmouth, but there's none of those in the state of Wisconsin. And this snake is not poisonous, and uh, but they are common in the state. So.
2: Okay, so that's that's what's what's the name of it again? What do they just call it? What are they?
3: Uh, the common water snake.
2: Common water snake. It's the common yeah. water snake. I yeah, wonder sir. if there's a, being as there's a common one, I wonder if there's an uncommon water snake.
3: Yeah, I don't know.
2: I mean, yeah. for every common, there's got to be uncommon. Otherwise, why call it common?
3: Well, because you guess you, cause you see them all over the place. I don't know. Who knows? Well,
2: can you try and pronounce that Latin for us, Tom?
3: Oh, sure. Uh, wait a minute. Let me go back to it here. It's... Uh, <laughs> Nerodia. Nerodia. Cepidon. Cepidon. Cip, yeah. Nerodia, cipodon, something
2: like that. Mm. Rhodiacipidon. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like the phenyl chloride benefit.
3: Yeah, right. (laughs) Come on, let's not get carried away, you know.
2: (laughs) I'm sorry, Tom. I shouldn't mess with you that way. Oh, that's all right. No problem. Yeah. So, hey, uh, big news. There was a fire out on Pewaukee Lake. Did you hear? No. Well, I got back uh, yesterday, and I talked to my neighbor, Keith, and he told me about it. And then uh, my friend, uh, Diane, I talked to her, at uh, Park Avenue pizza last night and she actually forwarded me the video it's a youtube video now i don't know if too many people in the world have too much time on their hands and are buying drones or what but it's a it's a picture it's a from from the air it's like it was shot from a helicopter or something a yeah. footage of this boat and its flames are coming up off the front of this it's a recreational boat looks like it's some 17 to 22 foot whatever and uh, it wasn't backed by the. Didn't look like it was backed by the engine compartment. Looks like the fire's in front. Flames are coming up. Apparently, two two people had to jump off of it, and they were rescued by nearby boaters. And then some jet skiers came and tried throwing water on it. That didn't work. And uh, in the video, you can see the police boat with a line hooked up to it, and they're towing it across the lake. Looks like they were towing it to the West End, and it's like this big flaming barge being pulled across the lake. It's crazy, man! Black smoke billowing out of it. Recreational boats all around. Uh, I don't remember, or know exactly what day this happened. And apparently, they took it to the shore, and the fire department uh, had to put it out. So well, I'm going to have to look that
3: up on YouTube. Yeah.
2: Pretty, it's a pretty good, pretty impressive video. So, however, they got it uh, from a drone or whatever, God knows what. The only thing is they put it to music, and, uh, you know, I could do without the music. Uh, it seems like everybody wants to put a YouTube video on, and they want to put it to some music, and uh, yeah, but the video is pretty, uh, pretty impressive. I guess it goes to show you that, uh, you know, I, I don't know how that fire started, but you got to be careful. Even when you're out recreating, uh, having a fire, I, and in fact, not I, I have not one but two fire extinguishers on board. Uh, I've seen I've seen fires on Pewaukee over the years pr- at piers when people pulled up to the gas pump. One time it was real scary. Back when John and Lowy owned the place here, flames were going up ten feet high from this boat, and we ran out and cut it loose, and it was drifting towards the uh, condos piers, and we had to grab five, ten, five, I don't know. I grabbed every fire extinguisher I could find, and we put it out. But uh, yeah, you got to have a fire extinguisher and. And uh, be careful on a boat. You don't don't want to fire on a boat.
3: No, as a matter of fact, those fire extinguishers, you know, people, you know, they buy a boat and it comes with a fire extinguisher. Maybe they buy had to buy one, whatever, but they got one on there. But they, they neglect to check them, you know, because, you know, if you've had that fire extinguisher for 10 years, it might not be good anymore. You know, you got to check them to make sure they're good, and you might have to buy a new one. Every three, four, or five years, whatever it is, you know, it's just kind of like with your uh, Lake Michigan uh, flares, okay? You know, those go supposedly, you know, are have to be rebought after they got an expiration date, you know, and sometimes you know we tend to forget to check those things.
2: Yeah, the only the the one complaint I do have, Tom, is with, with old flares and old fire extinguishers. You can't do anything with them. You can't throw them away. The Coast Guard used to take flares, I believe, for training purposes. I suppose if you wanted to try and shoot one off for 4th of July, but you don't want to do like those guys did in light Patrick Cuttahey meats on fire. So, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? You, and and you don't want to go out in the middle of the Lake Michigan and shoot it off, figuring you'll be safe because next thing you know, you'll probably have the Coast Guard coming racing in cuz thinking there's an emergency. Yeah. So what do you do? I, I took a fire extinguisher to some recycling place years ago, and I think I had to pay them 10 bucks to take the goddamn thing. Just a really? stupid little fire extinguisher, yeah. Now, some of them, you can get them recharged, like the bigger ones.
3: Well, uh, here's you something can... that a lot of people have problems with. We got an email from a regular listener, Ray, and I know I get upset at this too, but he says, hey, guys evidently some boaters don't observe slow no wake regulations i have relatives relatives who live in uh, live on buffalo lake in marinette county i'm familiar with that lake all too often boaters speed past their shoreline and it's eroding their shoreline would you know of any way i could purchase slow no wake signs (laughs) thanks for your help i'm listening to the show as usual oh thanks ray um where do you buy slow no wake signs? Where do you think at the,
2: you get those? At the slow no wake sign store. I,
3: you know, I don't. I, you know what, Ray? I think you might have to make your own. I mean, I don't know if you want to put those out in the water, or you know, put them up on shore. But you know what, Ray? I think even if you post a big ten foot slow no wake signs on your shoreline, people are still going to make wakes. I-
2: I would I would suggest rent a new bower. You could get Tom out there to yell, Hey, no wake out there like to the grump you like, get off my lawn. It'd be perfect. <laughs> rent the new bower. Yeah. old guy yelling, that'll slow but, him down.
3: But you know, seriously, even if you got all these signs out there, if there's no buoys out, you know, that you know, official uh, DNR, slow no wake buoys, um you know, these people are just going to keep going anyway because there's a lot of people out there who, who just don't care, you know. They just don't care. So good luck, Ray, with that. You might have to make your own signs. And with that, we got to go to the top of the hour break, folks. If anybody's got any uh, info for Ray on where to get those no-wake signs, just give us a call here at 799-1250 or send us an email at ceoguys.com. At Yahoo.com. We're going to the top of the break. We'll be right back for our number two of the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors.
1: The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Odyssey Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. All
0: aboard! <laughs> you're on the crazy train. All aboard!
1: <laughs> Welcome to the wacky Walleye cutting edge outdoors show. Fasten your seat belts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on 12:50 a.m. The Fan.
3: number one two-hour live outdoor show in Wisconsin with your hosts, Dan Bush and myself, Tom Neubauer. We come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m., so hop on board the crazy train with us, and hopefully we won't go off the rails too many times. And you can uh, always call in with your questions or comments at 414-799-1250, or you can email us live at Guys at yahoo.com. Okay, Sam, Dan, we're ready for another one. Oh, guess what? What? We got another email about that fire on Pewaukee Lake.
2: Okay, let's read it, Tom.
3: This is from Paul. Uh, Wait a minute, it's just loading up. Oh, I'm sorry. This is, uh, I don't know.
2: (laughs) Come on, Tom. put it together, will you, man?
3: (laughs) Oh, this was a news story. (laughs) Uh, this was from Fox Six News. Two on-board boat caught on fire. Okay, they're, they're showing the boat being towed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the guy sent us the, the YouTube.
2: thing. Okay. You got so, the YouTube. You see the fire there.
3: But yeah. Oh, and look at all the boats on the lake. Oh my goodness. I mean, look at the, all those from boats. The angle. There's a lot of boats out there.
2: Yeah. Nice sunny day. People like to be on the boat, Tom.
3: Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and they're towing that boat, and boy, that's a lot of smoke too. Holy
2: moly. You know, Years ago when I was sitting at John Smokey's Muskie Shop, another fire story, um, I was sitting there and I look and I see some guy frantically dipping like a little, whatever, middle bucket in, in the water and, and trying to pour it on his engine. And, and I see flames coming and the guy's not saying anything. So I immediately run to my boat, grab my fire extinguisher, run on out there. And I, I guess I asked him the rhetorical question, do you want to use this? He's like, sure. He grabs it. He puts the fire out with my fire extinguisher. Now, mind you, Tom, those fire extinguishers are a use-once type of deal, right? So, you know, the fire, I don't know what, they, what it cost me, 20 bucks, whatever. The guy never even, he handed me the fire extinguisher back. He never said thanks, never said, uh, offered to pay for the fire extinguisher, nothing. And I walked away thinking, geez, I can't believe it. I mean, if somebody came and helped me put my boat, you know, I'd be, be, oh, geez, thanks, man. Hey, here's 20 bucks, whatever. Go buy a new fire extinguisher. Actually, our good friend, out of his kind heart, John Lehman, ended up buying me another fire extinguisher. Um, yeah, because he just, you know, I don't know. He felt bad that that, that I had to pay for the ex- extinguisher. But, uh, yeah, it was just kind of crazy that uh, maybe the guy was embarrassed. You know that his outboard was on fire, and he was felt rather chagrined and didn't know what to say. I don't know.
3: Well, either either he was very inconsiderate or was flabbergasted, and maybe just didn't think of it, and he was thinking more about the fire, the boat, whatever. You know. But no, I know what you mean. You know, one time uh, uh, a friend of mine and I we were fishing a bass tournament, uh, and it was it was a small club tournament on uh, lower fa- upper and lower Phantom. And there's some kind of, uh, I don't know, youth uh, recreation outfit there. I don't know if it's a church group or what it is. I don't know. Anyway, and this was in the fall, and it was cold. We had heavy jackets on, you know. It was it was pretty cold out, and the water temperature was cold. And we were out fishing, and we noticed a ways away from us, out in the middle of the lake, there was something like, ah, it's like, what is that? And we got closer. It was an overturned canoe, with two young girls holding on to it, no life jackets. And so we quick sped over there, and we got them aboard our boat. We took our jackets off and wrapped them around them because, you know, they were freezing. We tied a rope onto the canoe. We said, where are you from? They pointed, you know, and it's some camp over there. So we drove them in the canoe back. And as we were coming back, there was a whole bunch of, there was well, not a whole bunch, but there was a number of adults and other, you know, youngsters, you know, on the dock, and we pulled up and undid the canoe, and somebody grabbed the rope. And then the girls gave us our jackets back, and they got out onto the dock. And they all left. Not one person said, thank you. <laughs> you know? and so I know what you mean. I know exactly not even, what you mean. It's like, what, you can't, can't even get a little nod of thanks, you know? Not, not,
2: you even, not even the girls?
3: Uh, no, they were shivering. Their teeth how, were shivering. They didn't say a word. How,
2: how old were they?
3: I don't know, there was like 12, 13, 14, well, somewhere you would, in that range. I mean, you,
2: know? you would think that's old enough to be, you know, you say, Oh, thanks, mister.
3: Well, I think they were scared and really cold, you know.
2: So Probably. I don't think they
3: were thinking, you know.
2: But some of the adults should have thanked you.
3: Yeah, you would think that the adults would say something, but no, they all walked away, they all ran away with the girls to get them into some warm, you know, building or whatever, you know, I don't know. So... Well, that's all right though. We didn't. We didn't really worry about it. We did our good deed, you
2: know. You know. You know, Tom. I'll just say this to you, buddy. Like my father used to say, he'd say, "You'll get your reward, son, someday." That's right. In heaven, that's what my dad would say. You'll get your reward someday in heaven. Then he'd smile and walk away. And I'd think, "I want my reward now." <laughs> <I don't... laughs> what do you mean, wise guy, old man? <laughs> My dad being a smart aleck. Oh. Yeah, well, I guess we can't grumble. Although, you know, self-pity is better than none would be the other thing my mom used to say to me as well. She, yeah, so I, I guess I couldn't feel sorry for myself anytime. time. Um, you know, talking about it, now that being as we're on the topic of inconsiderate, inconsiderate um, I was fishing up in uh, Ellison Bay this last week. And I was by myself one day, and I'd worked down a shoreline and i got to the very end of the area i wanted to work and i kind of turned my boat around as if to go back in the direction that i you know had just covered and i and uh, i i was fishing this one you know dock and uh, with rocks and so forth along a pier and this guy a bass, some guy in a bass boat comes zooming by and he goes off about i don't know maybe 150 yards down from me and he starts working back in my direction where I had my back turned to him. And next thing I turn around, he's, he's right behind me. And then what he got, does, he does a real kind of a jerk move. He loops around me. Now, at this point, he has no idea and, and that I'm going to go back that direction. Uh, I had already covered it, so I was only going back just about another, you know, 40 yards. And then I was going to call it a wrap. But still, he's, he loops around me and cuts me off, and I thought, what a jerk move that is, and he doesn't say a thing, it's some young guy in his bass boat, and he's got his, all his gear on, and this and that, doesn't doesn't say hi, doesn't acknowledge you, just loops around your boat, and, and, you know, if, if I hadn't already fished that stretch, I would have said something to the guy. Now, is it something about bass anglers? Because it seems to me I've seen musky anglers, I, you know, yeah, sometimes, but it just seems to me the bass guys are the most inconsiderate. Am I wrong about that, Tom, or, or what?
3: Uh, I would have to give that a 60-40, yes, you're right, yeah. Maybe not all the time, but yeah, yeah, I've seen a plenty of that over the years, yeah. Yeah.
2: Okay, you have, because you've been in, in turn, Well, tournaments they got certain yeah, rules, there's but certain there's rules, yeah. if I saw a boat work in a certain direction, there's no way I'm gonna just jump in front of them, uh, yeah, and of course just, the guy the guy wouldn't even look at me, of course. Yeah, no, no. I he, mean, you can yeah.
3: jump in front of them, but you make it down a hundred yards, you know? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, Without right. You way. don't
2: exactly. He didn't even do that. He just looped right around me. Yeah. I'm thinking, uh, you know, if I'd been with uh with uh. Somebody, I probably, uh, you know, somebody else with me probably would have said something. But I, I, like I said, I thought, forget it. Um, Well, you know,
3: this last weekend, one lake we were on, uh, the water, now we're kind of like in the middle of this uh, wide opening channel, I guess guess you might call it. But anyway, and it was legal for making a wake, you know, for water skiers and whatever. But still, we're, you know, they, they... these water skiers come flying between the shoreline and us and the lady driving the, the water ski boat, which, by the way, they were be doing, be doing illegally because they're supposed to have a, what do they call that, a watcher or whatever, a person facing the water ski. Spotter. Yeah, spotter. It was just her driving. Well, anyway, she waves to us and my son Nick waved back and I said, what the hell are you doing waving at that Yahoo? You know, <laughs> Why wave back? I mean, they should have gone behind the other way around us, you know, where there was more more area, more lake, you know. And uh, yeah, I find that with pontooners a lot, that you'll be fishing a shoreline, or let's say a weed line, and a pontoon will come between you and the shoreline uh, clearly very close. They won't be going fast. They'll be just slow, like a little uh, booze cruise, you know, just going along, having their martini, and they wave to you, and it's like they're driving right over where you're casting, and it's like how inconsiderate can you be, you know?
2: I I I think in those cases, Tom, a lot of times the people on the pontoon boats, I, I think it's just that they're clueless. I yeah, I don't think they deliberately I mean. I don't think they deliberately mean to be inconsiderate. In but, fact, a lot of times the problem is the guy driving the pontoon boat has blind spots where they don't see you till like, the last minute. And then, you know, there will be about a 10 people on a, on a pontoon boat, and then all of a sudden one of them will point towards your boat or point towards your planer board and say, hey, there's a line there fishing. Oh, oh, and then you see the guy swerve away. They don't even notice you till the last minute. They're just kind of oblivious going down, you know, going yeah. on the lake.
3: Yeah, you got a point there. I can see that. And, you know, and they're not... You know, it'd be one thing if they were flying by, you know, but they're just going nice and slow, do 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 do. You know, no, yeah, I can see that, and all of a sudden go, oh shoot, there's a boat there.
0: <laughs> well, I'll, I'll so, tell you yeah.
2: one thing. Um, the they got the Pewaukee, you know, police out here, and every once in a while, we'll actually see the uh, see the wardens out here as well. Now, actually, one thing people don't realize, the wardens actually have more authority to enforce laws than the police out there because the wardens can enforce the same boating laws and all the safety laws that the uh, police department does in addition to the game and fish violations um so they you know they actually have more uh uh, more power than, you know, whereas the police, they'll just do the boating, but they're not going to check your fishing yeah. license or your bag limit or, or anything like that. Right. But you my, know, one, su- my one suggestion for Pewaukee would be this. You know, you always see them out there, you know, in the evening, but early in the morning, you never see them out there, and if they wanted to get some violations, early in the morning is when you'll see water skiers going out And totally ignoring that no wake zone. In fact, I think they use those uh, no wake buoys as like uh, cones to zip, zip, you know, zigzag between. And they'll be going down the shoreline. And and I I, I think there is an ordinance on the lake where they're not supposed to be uh, uh, doing it before a certain time. But that's largely a time that you see a lot of the water ski bandits out there early in the morning getting away with stuff. And there's no, no enforcement people to be found at that time of the morning.
3: Right. And you know, it's funny. Um, in northern Wisconsin, I fished. You, you fished a lot in northern Wisconsin. I fished a lot in northern Wisconsin. I have never, ever seen a warden or had a warden stop me in northern Wisconsin. Never. And when we come back after this break, we got another email from Ray, and we'll talk about that when we come back. So stay tuned, folks, for more of the Wacky Well Ice Cutting Edge Outdoors brought to you by. Bait Mate Fish Attractants.
2: Welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes Cutting Edge Outdoors presented by Bait Mate Fish Attractant. Make sure you have the Bait Mate with you in the boat, especially if you're going to use the Mini Mites, my friends. And I would also highly recommend the Bite Stick Max, which is kind of like a... uh, Kind of like chapstick type thing where you put that paste right on the side of your hard crankbait and it stays there so it doesn't wash off. I use that on my Deluxe Slammers for Pewaukee Muskies and it sure hasn't hurt.
3: Yeah, we got a... As a matter of fact, before I do this email, uh, I use that on spinnerbaits too. I put it on the blade and or on the on the jig of the spinnerbait. And uh, so, yeah, it, it comes in handy. Uh, anyway, this is from Ray who sent us... Uh, about the no wake thing and it says Buffalo Lake is in Marquette County not Mar- Marinette thank you Tom and, well Ray if I said Marinette I apologize
2: <laughs> when when did you talk about Buffalo Lake
3: uh, the guy with the no wake uh, wanting to know if it were to buy no wake signs
2: oh okay I that, okay his, I got gotcha.
3: relative okay. or he said his relatives are on Buffalo Lake
2: Buffalo Lake. Yeah. okay and
3: I might have said Marinette County which is actually Marquette County so
2: gotcha gotcha. Well, so, anyway, all right. um, unless there's unless there's another Buffalo Lake, but you know what? I don't think Buffalo Lake is the most common name. You know, think about it, Tom. What are some of the most common names of lakes that you'll see a ton of lakes named? Think of one.
3: Well, you know, they had a thing in the DNR with names of lakes, and they had a thing that listed the most popular names of lakes. And uh, I, boy, I don't know.
2: I would say, okay. How about pine? What kind? Pine. Pine, pine. Lake. Pine Lake. How yeah. about sa- sand? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, those I think are kind of common ones. Um, trying to think, what are there? Because there are some that you that you find the same name, you know.
3: Yeah. I just can't think of them right now. I can't think of one where I've, you know, like I'm, th- you know, I can't think of two lakes that have the same name.
2: Uh, Cedar cedar maybe it's a tree thing yeah, cedar pine yeah well i Oak. know up
3: in vilas county during the vilas county Muskie marathon vilas county lake is a big one <laughs> you know when guys catch nice fish they don't want anybody to know where they caught it so they say vilas county lake
2: well yeah yeah or they used to always they'd catch big big fish didn't didn't a lot of guys say Trout Lake wasn't wasn't that the big one? People would catch a big muskie. we Trout Lake. Yeah, like, yeah, because it's a deep, clear lake and uh, it's really yeah.
3: big. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I saw a Lake Michigan uh, thing years ago where the the nine pound Smalley out of Pewaukee was listed as Lake Michigan. So.
3: Yeah. Oh really? Did you? you? I didn't know that. In
2: Fisherman, yeah, they put Lake Michigan.
3: Oh yeah, now I remember that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess close enough. What the heck? Long as you're, you know, you're not fibbing too much if you if you, if you keep it within the same county.
3: Yeah. Well, one time uh, a northern Wisconsin guide uh, mentioned that uh, he caught a, uh, this big muskie one time, and he said he caught it on Plum Lake. The only problem was, uh, people saw his his boat. I mean, his vehicle and trailer at Fence Lake that day. Not on Pump Plum Lake. So he got kind of caught. Hey, um, our friend, uh, oh, I don't even know.
2: We got a caller, Tom.
3: Oh, let's take that first. Then we'll get to Jim's call. Okay. Okay.
2: Let's go to Leo in Wasaki. Leo in
3: Wasaki. Hey, good morning, Leo. Hey, guys. So you're not going to buy
4: one of those uh, clip-on man buns?
3: (laughs) Oh, they have clip-on ones now? Oh yeah, man! Get with it, dude. <laughs> oh, somebody should shoot the person who made those.
1: <laughs> Tom, I was just gonna say, I think you could rock one of those.
2: Yeah. I
3: yeah. Could, oh yeah. Right. Oh no, thank yeah.
2: you. No, you could, you could do it, Tom. No. How no, about, how you. about, how about this, Tom? You and I all do our best fashion pose. We'll each get a man bun. We'll pose for a picture and post it on the website. So,
3: oh, hey. Do you remember uh, one of our old producers, uh, I'm trying to think of his name, not name now, he had a man bun, you always called him Fat, do you remember him?
2: Baby Touch? Oh, Billy! Uh, Baby Touch, yeah. <laughs> Billy think, looked know, good I, with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Billy did, pulled
3: it he, off. He had a man bun, but you know, he's a big boy, I wasn't going to call him dumb. Yeah, he, a common, I think a common lake name is Long Lake, I think there's a Oh,
2: there you it. go, Long uh, Lake.
3: There you go, Long That's Lake. That's a good right. one. That's a good one.
2: Yeah, good one, Leo. That's a Long Lake.
3: See, and then yeah. that guy on uh, Buffalo Lake, <clears throat> forget the
2: no wake sign, just grabbed a twelve gauge and some seven and a halfs and peppered the side of the boat. Yeah, I, well, he, we on the we on the wacky walleyes cutting edge outdoors there, Leo. Don't endorse violence of I, any kind. I'm but I'm <laughs> joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you could do a. Uh, you could do, like, I know one local guy out here on Pewaukee used to have a potato gun. And uh, he would sh- launch potatoes at people with the potato gun. Sure, yeah,
5: sure. Yeah. Toss, toss an M80 in the water. Boom.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for the call there, Leo. Yeah, thanks, Leo. Take I'll care, buddy. See you later. Snap, you know I did snap right. on ties when I was a kid. When you're a little kid you're how embarrassing Mom would give you that stupid little clip on tie And uh, yeah you know I, oh. I finally yeah I finally once I got once I turned 37 years old I quit using that clip on tie. Well
3: we got an uh, uh, email from our friend Jim and he said, Tom this was posted on Lake Link. Why did the Waukesha County Parks not tell us this when season passes were purchased? And what it is, it's uh, posted on Lakeland. It said, uh, just an FYI, the Pewaukee Lake launch on the west end will be shut down 100% for launch ramp reconstruction. Start date projected to be 9-20-21 and not finished until November. Wow. Well, shut it down at the end of September and October, you know, I, I, November. You know what, I,
2: I to be honest with you, I can't really complain too much about that. Uh, the pleasure boaters, by and large, are done by that time of year. Uh, it's the hardcore muskie fishermen. Now, I know there's a, a, a segment of our friends in the muskie fishing fraternity that like to launch out of that West End launch, but... Evidently, they'll just have to uh, launch uh, either here in the East End or at the Muskie Shop. Yeah, at
3: Smokies. They'll so have to go over to Smokies, yeah.
2: But they but they are doing the work in the fall, and, uh, you know, so at least the other launches will be open. I guess it's a situation where no matter what time they do it, somebody's going to be upset. That's true.
3: That's true. Yeah. It'll kind of screw up somebody's day somehow.
2: Always some way hey uh before i forget i want to mention you know i was uh up in door county and i was at the viking grill on highway 42 i believe just out of uh or right by ellison bay and i I went there for breakfast last week sunday and i sat down and and uh ordered my eggs and a guy looks over at me from the other stool and he says uh so how's going fishing today i said no i'm taking a break today been out you know just kind of made a comment and he said uh if you don't mind me asking, now? Uh, he says you're Dan Bush, right? I said, well, yeah. He says, oh, yeah. He says I listen to your show all the time. He said uh, I knew I knew John. He says I used to musky fish. I had my boat uh, on Pewaukee there, and uh, and uh, he said, hey, we've met before, and he did look familiar. Uh, his first name is Jim, I believe, and he's actually got a place up there now. But it was it was really nice to uh, bump into somebody. And he said he listens to the show religiously. He, uh, he he calls it like having coffee with us on a Saturday morning. Now, I guess you could say it's like sitting around having a beer, talking with a bunch of guys, or having coffee talking, but uh, yeah, he says he appreciates, been listening, listening to the show for a long time, so it's kind of nice.
3: Yeah, that, that is nice when you're away from your area, you know, where you live, you know, and somebody recognizes you, yeah.
2: Uh, well, I pre- appreciate the kind, and somebody else mentioned as well, I do appreciate the people, you know, making the kind comments that they yeah. enjoy listening to the show.
3: Yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, when my son Nick lived down in Arizona, he was wearing uh, um, uh, Smokey's Muskie Shop sweatshirts one day, and he was out on, I forget what, some reservoir down there. And a guy comes up to him and says, you from you from Wisconsin? And, and he, Nick says, "Yeah, why?" And he says, "Well, because I've I, I've been to Smokey's Musky Shop. You know, he recognized the shirt, which was kind of cool, you know." So.
2: Yeah, in fact, uh, my brother Tom years ago I got him a Smokey's Muskie Shop uh, sweatshirt, and uh, which you don't wear a hooded sweatshirt a lot in Florida, but he's in Sarasota and. Yeah, one time he's wearing it and sure enough they go Smokey's Musky Shop and he starts talking and the and of course my brother goes, Oh yeah, my brother Dan's a guide up there and works there and yeah, amazing.
3: Yeah, so that, that is pretty cool. Well we gotta go to the bottom of the hour break. Folks, if you keep keep those emails coming at CEOGuys at Yahoo dot com or just dial the phone at four one four seven nine nine twelve fifty. We'll be right back with more right here on sports radio 1250
0: a.m. look out the left the captain said the lights down there that's where we land saw a falling stop burning high above the Las Vegas sand. it wasn't the one that you gave to me
2: welcome back to the Wacky Walleyes, Cutting Edge Outdoors. Once again, we want to thank our listeners for getting on board the crazy train today. Hey, if you got a fishing report, hunting report, uh, 799-1250 area code 414, of course, or send us an email. We've been getting emails today. CEO guys at yahoo.com. And right now, Tom, we do have a caller. Alrighty. All right. Let's go to if I can get my call screen up here. Let's go to Alan Madison.
3: Hey, good morning Al
4: Good morning gentlemen how are we doing today? Good what's on your mind? Well I'm, I'm heading up the Lake to uh, do some walleye fishing and
3: uh, okay. Annie, I, Tommy and I good? had an, it felt yeah. right okay yeah
4: uh, Tommy uh, and I had an experience on the Wisconsin River by the dells when he was I think 11 years old. He wanted to go walleye fishing because he saw it on TV. We were on the river, and a 12-foot V came out on the river with four guys, and I think the skinniest one was 250 pounds. And I kept watching, thinking this is going to be trouble, and I was right. One guy leaned over the side of the boat to wash his hands or something and flipped the whole thing over. And uh, (laughs) it was, like you said, Tom, the, the girls on the canoe, no life jackets, I had those guys were so big, I couldn't even get them in my boat. They were hanging off the side of the boat as I was dragging them towards the shoreline. That river was full of boats, guys walleye fishing. I was the only one that went to help. Nobody else would pull anchor and go and help.
2: Wow. You know that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to believe that somebody wouldn't. I mean, in that cold water, I mean, they could die. So you did the right thing, Al.
4: Well, they—they they were, you know, they were really in bad shape by the time we got to shore. By I got into the shore as fast as I could. There was uh, a deputy come running down the side of the hill, and you could hear sirens coming. Well, I, I, you know, I guess those guys had to go to the hospital because their lips were blue. They could hardly move their hands. They were like claws on the side of my boat. But like I said, those four guys, there had to be close to 1,200 pounds of people in that little boat. That thing went right to the bottom. It didn't even have any flotation. It was one of those old pond boats, I think. Wow. And that thing went went right to the bottom of the river. And they were were there just treading water, trying to stay alive.
2: Well, let me ask you this, Al. Did they at least say thanks to you?
4: Oh, they were just, they couldn't be more helpful. They were like, oh, my God, thanks, we got killed, and this and that, and they kept talking. One guy wanted to hand me money. I just said, keep your money. You got to buy new fishing tackle. <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. Uh, you're a good, everything you're good went, man, everything, Al. Went the, everything went to the bottom of the creek, and Tom didn't say anything for about a half an hour, and then Tom looked at me and goes, that could happen to us, couldn't it? I said, no, <laughs> we got life jackets. We don't have that much weight in the boat. He goes, I'd like to go home now.
2: <laughs> Is that what he said? Yep. Uh, I, he, he might he be was listening.
4: Thinking it over, he was thinking it over for the last half hour and decided he didn't want to be fishing there anymore.
2: <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's really funny. Uh, in fact, he may be listening to us now for all we know, but I'm going to have to give him a hard time about that. Um, yeah, now, now, yeah. now Tom is no, Tom's pretty much a hardcore fisherman now. So, uh, he recovered oh, yeah. from his early childhood trauma that you put him through on the river there, Al. Hey, he, he was
4: just an absolute, I, I mentioned something to him. I said, look at those idiots in that boat. And it wasn't 15 minutes later, we were hauling him out of the water.
2: Fifty kaboom! They go. What you said? One, one big, big, one big. I shouldn't say fat guy, but I will. I will. One big fat guy leaned over, and the whole thing went went topsy turvy. No yeah, one,
4: one big knot where left over to side, and then you know roll it over, and that was it. It was down. It went down. You know, <laughs> it was it was fast. It it all well, happened real quick.
2: Well, I, I was, I to reminds
4: me is that I was the only one that went to help those guys. You know what that that river looks like in the spring during the walleye run? You can almost walk all the way across the river
2: on boats. Yeah, those guys are lucky they didn't get snagged. Hey, it reminds me, Al, of a story. Uh, My my friend Troy Woodrow, when he did the Pewaukee River Run with another guy named Tom, and uh, they ended up uh, down behind a bar there somewhere in Waukesha, I think, on the river run, and they capsized the canoe, and then when... Uh, When uh, or Troy went overboard, I believe. And then when he tried climbing back on board the (laughs) canoe, he he launched Tom like on a teeter totter, like a catapult (laughs) into the water. And they were both soaked. The next year, Tom wasn't so keen to go do the river run with Troy.
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I suppose I suppose you look for another paddle mate that way. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. That 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 didn't uh, that didn't go over that don't didn't go over so good. But uh, yeah, but that that's, uh it can always happen. But at least that was a canoe in shallow water. You can it, it I can see it being dangerous in a river more so than a lake. Almost I would think with current and so forth.
4: It it went it went down pretty fast. Uh, we were probably 50 yards upstream of where that cable comes across down below the Dells Dam, and uh, I, it was all real quick. Hey, but,
2: what's 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 the word? You're going up to Vermilion for walleye fishing. Do you have any fishing reports on what's going on up there in Minnesota? Uh,
4: the last I heard, it's, it's hit and miss because it's been, last week was the first warm week they had up there, and they were having, you know, 50 and 60-degree days with 20-degree nights, so the water temperature was flying all over the place. And the walleyes are scattered. Was the last report. Now with the water warming up, I'll bet they're moving in shallow, you know, and they'll start uh, They're starting to set up for a summer pattern, but not quite yet. So,
2: are you gonna jig for them or troll?
4: Yes, I'm gonna. Both? I'm gonna use. Uh, I'm gonna do everything I can to catch fish, and I'm gonna do Tom's location fish. Fish location. You check shallow. You check deep, and then you check in between. Everywhere on that lake is going to get checked until we find a pattern, and then we'll still work the pattern. But uh, smallies are moving up under the rock piles, but uh, the sunnies, they call them the, the bluegills, aren't on the reed beds yet. But maybe maybe later this week. We'll see.
2: They, they get some big gills up there as well, don't oh, they?
4: I'm- well, you know, i got some pretty big hands, Dan, and I've caught fish up there that were bigger than my hand. Those, so yeah. That, that puts them about 10 inches.
2: Yeah, there's there's some big I was up there years ago, and there was a guy named Mike Stoner. He was on a radio show with us years ago. He's from Illinois, and he had a place on Vermilion. And we, I and Tim were up musky fishing, but he said, hey, if you uh, get bored and want to go catch some bluegills, he goes right across over there, he says, you can get all the big bluegills you want. And so I yeah. came back and took a nap in the afternoon, and Brother Tim took my boat and went out there, and he did. He caught a whole bunch of big bluegills. He just caught and released, but uh, he went out there and had a good time. So you don't really think about big bluegills when you think of vermilion. You think wally, walleye, musky, smallies, but that sounds like a pretty good untapped resource that a guy can get some delicious fillets to give to Tom Newbauer.
4: Yeah, and if you can find where the perch are too, there's it's not unusual to find some jumbo perch up there. So, it's a pretty good deal. If I can make a connection with you guys when I'm head back next week, I'll give you a report.
2: That All right. Well, great. that sounds good, Al. Al. I think you'll I think you'll have a good week up there.
4: I always have a good week. I never have
3: a bad time when I'm fishing. There you go. You're right. Thanks for calling, Al. Take care, guys. Good, good hearing day, from you, Tom. Right take, take care, care Al. Danny. Yep. Uh, We got an email here, Danny. This is from Art. Art. Uh, It says, hi, Tom and Dan. Love your show. Tom, I took your advice on going to the China Buffet. It's actually called the Asian Buffet, but that's right. China Buffet and Grill in Menominee Falls with my wife. And it was delicious. Such a large variety of foods. Many types of shrimp, ribs, egg foo young, different types of chicken, fresh fruits, cakes, cookies, ice cream, They also have a sushi bar, which I'm not a big fan of. But anyway, thanks for the tip. That's from Art. Well, you're welcome, Art. I know I like that place a lot too. So,
2: what? Where's it?
3: Huh?
2: Where's that located at, Tom?
3: It's in Menominee Falls on Appleton Avenue. Uh, Just oh, let's see now. That would be just uh, maybe a few blocks west of Pilgrim Road. Uh, It's called the Asian Buffet and Grill.
2: It is called Asian buffet. Yeah. Because there was there's other places that are I believe are called New China. Oh buffet. yeah, there's other places called like and, China and buffet. And I'll tell you course. what, I love 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 those places. But my problem, Tom, is if I go to a buffet of any kind, especially a Chinese one, I'm gonna gain a hundred pounds in very short period of time. I just go nuts on those places.
3: Yeah, I enjoy it. I, you know, it, I know this is gonna sound silly, but I just can't eat as much as I used to. Uh, when I'm there, I—I I mean, I—I I generally have two plates of food where I used to have three. I gotta—I gotta slow down. I can't—I can't do as much. But it is all so good, and I would like to try everything. But you just can't, you know. You just can't try everything. It's just way too much.
2: So. Yeah, well that's that's my problem. I want to try everything when I go to the yeah, buffets. Yeah, exactly. But, Me too. Yeah. Well, that's good. We're giving our listeners all kinds of tips, not only on where to fish, how to fish, but where to go get some good, Ch- gosh darn good Chinese food.
3: <laughs> and you know, my grandkids, they really like Chinese food too. They, you know, as know, matter of fact, we're gonna when they get back from vacation, we're gonna all go over there to the Asian uh, buffet and grill.
2: When, when I, Tom, when I was in Springfield, Missouri in college, uh, late 70s, early 80s, that's when I first had Asian food. And they had, all around Springfield, they had these little tiny little places, uh, little Chinese to-go little restaurants, maybe one or two tables if you wanted to eat there. And back then for like three bucks, you could get sesame chicken, sweet and sour chicken with a big thing of rice uh, and, uh, maybe an egg roll. And it was, I would save my money as a poor college student to do that. And it was really funny. You'd go to this one place and they had like this counter with these beads and behind the beads, you could vaguely see a cook back there. So you'd place your order and the the person, the waitress, you know, she'd be, you know, broken English. She'd take your order. And then she'd turn around and say something in Chinese to the guy on the other side of the beads, and then you'd hear him respond in Chinese, and within 20 seconds, this bag of food would come sliding out through the beads along the, along the counter. And about come, they'd just come sliding out, and there, and there was your order, man. It would just crack me up every time. The slide that bag would come flying out within seconds.
3: Yeah. But sometimes at these Asian restaurants uh, or at these buffets, They have things that I don't know if, you know, like they got salmon. I mean, I don't know. I don't go to an Asian restaurant to eat salmon, you know, or, you know, they'll have they don't have a few strange things, you know. But this place has got so many different things that I can see. I can see them putting out a few strange things. They just maybe want to cover all the bases. Hey, listen, we got the last break coming up, Danny, for this week's show. So uh, we're going to take that last break right now folks. Stay tuned. You're listening to Dan Bush, Tom Neubauer, Sam Schmitz is on the board and this is the wacky Wallace Cutting Edge
0: Outdoors. It's the fire.
2: Welcome back to the final segment of the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors. We are presented by Bait Mate Fish Attractant. Don't forget the bait mate when you're fishing. Hey, some Coleman insect repellent wouldn't be a bad idea. I'd suggest a non-deet kind of stuff. Uh, I've got several bottles of, the, of that. And uh, fortunately, Tom, the bugs have not been too bad this year. Um, I was up camping and, jeez, I hardly didn't, didn't see hardly any mosquitoes. So uh, that was the good news. Now, I'm sure in different parts of the state that can be different. Uh, it does seem, though, that, Tom, you ever notice that some people are more affected by mosquitoes than others? Like, uh, some people will be just, they just seem to go after them savagely, and yeah. others. Yeah. I,
3: yeah I, I've, not I've my... noticed. How about yourself? Yeah. How about, yeah, I've that. Yeah. How about uh, me? Are, are, yeah. Oh, um,. Well, you know, here in Wauwatosa, we never see any mosquitoes. Okay. I don't know why we never get them, and uh, I, I think last year we had a couple, but otherwise uh, we generally don't get them. But I've been in areas where, oh no, they find me. Yeah.
2: But you know, I'm I I've been kind of lucky where I'll be like in years past camping, and I'll have a couple other guys with me, and they'll we'll be setting up our tents and stuff, and and they'll be complaining and slapping and talking about mosquitoes. And I'm like, I don't see a mosquito around me. So uh, evidently, uh, evidently they don't like my thick bush hide. Evidently, so maybe, maybe having dry skin is the benefit one way after all. Uh, after well, all these, all these years of my hands cracking and bleeding in the winter because it's too dry. Uh, well,
3: I've I've heard that if you exude some type of uh something through your skin i don't know if it's some kind of vitamin or something uh, like i guess if you eat a lot of garlic and you got garlic coming through your skin that they don't bother you as much i don't know i've heard a number of different things you know
2: i, I don't i don't think your wife will bother with you too much too if you're smelling no. like garlic so <laughs> i don't I mean, think so. that's probably that's probably a multi-repellent for a lot of things hey before um before we uh end today's show uh, uh father's day i kind of alluded to it earlier and uh one, my tip to you is if you want to try and get some bluegills, years ago, uh, every Father's Day or right around Father's Day weekend, I would take my dad to Shawano Lake uh, up in Shawano County there, and we would always, always slam the gills, and it was this time of year. Uh, and I would take my dad as a kind of a Father's Day kind of an outing with him. And uh, the other thing I'd encourage our listeners, you know, Uh, you know, I don't have my father or my brother to fish with anymore. And so if, uh, if you can get on the phone right now and tell your dad that you're going to take them fishing, if you're, if if your dad, call your son, tell him you're going to take them fishing. If you got your brother, call your brother, tell him we're going fishing this week. It's a good time to get out, have a good time. And, uh, it's kind of prime time to catch those panfish, I think in a lot of areas.
3: Yeah. And you know, what else is prime time is, uh, with these, with these warm, days that we have the lakes get very busy on the weekends um so you know if you can get out early and fish for especially those lakes that have that no wake till 10 o'clock in the morning man if you can get to one of those during the week or i mean on the weekend at least you know it's it's not so bad you know but after 10 o'clock watch it uh one of the lakes that has that is long lake up by dundee excellent fishing lake as long as they don't have that, uh, what do they call that green stuff on the lake, Danny? They, uh, there's a
2: name uh, for it. Algae bloom, or yeah, yeah, L.
3: that's it. Algae bloom. Yeah. Um, as long as it doesn't have that, because that gets it every every now and then up there. But yeah, if you can find a lake that has a no wake till 10 a.m., that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, otherwise, uh, if you can get out during the week, and let's face it, a lot of people can't get out during the week. You know, they have to go on the weekends, you know. But during the week would be your best shot, during the week in the morning.
2: Well, my suggestion is to do a Sunday morning as opposed to a Saturday morning. Yeah, Sunday morning, uh, especially the younger crowd, uh, God bless them. Uh, I know they're out till 2 in the morning sometimes, the same people that would be jet skiing and water skiing. Well, sometimes they're they're feeling a little rough on Sunday Sunday morning and they don't get going till later. So yeah. Sunday morning can be... Uh, time to go now fishing right now is heating up all around the region uh inland lakes um i haven't heard too many reports about muskies yet out on pewaukee but i may venture out there at some point the uh other thing that uh uh, should lake michigan for every report that i've had is they've been going great guns on the uh salmon especially the coho salmon earlier this year our friend uh Troy Woodrow went out Memorial Weekend on that Sunday with his buddy Jim Tostrad, JT, uh, who guides on Lake Geneva, a couple of of their other uh, lunkhead buddies from Kenosha there, and uh, they went out, and man, I I think they got like close to 30 fish. I mean, they basically limited limited out there in a morning of fishing out of Kenosha, so there's some great fishing to be had right now and uh, should just get better as the summer progresses.
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to going this week too because uh, you know I don't care how hot it is. You know those fish got to eat no matter what. You know so, uh, boy, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's Just that sometimes uh, we we as humans don't really like it when it gets too darn hot out. You know, but hey, just take a lot of water with you or stuff to drink. You know, and you'll be fine. You know, especially you know you'll forget about it when you're catching fish. So, anyway, stink, stink, I'm looking stink. forward to it.
2: Staying hydrated, Tom, is most important. Hey, you know, and I'm not I'm not getting paid to advertise them uh, for this, but the best stuff stuff I've beverage I found is the stuff called it's Body Armor, and you can get the Body Armor Light, which is virtually no sugar or calories, and it's got the B vitamins, the electrolytes, um, it's got you know you know pretty much everything in there. And, uh, as far as cramps, I used to get myself dehydrated if I was out in the woods walking all day long or whatever. And all of a sudden your legs are cramping up. I found that that hydrates me quicker than any other thing. I used to do the Gatorade Powerade thing, but, uh, I think that's, um, that's got everything in it and get the low calorie stuff. Uh, but you well, should, you know, back back in the day, Tom as a kid. I remember you go on the boat, you wouldn't even think about bringing a bottle of water and sunscreen. Yes, I was thinking about this. I mean, sunscreen saved me this last couple weeks on up on the Door County. As a kid, we didn't even have sunscreen back then. You just went out and your parents, I don't know, you just went and got burned. That's that's what happened every summer.
3: Yep. Will, and once you got burned, then it turned to tan. You know, then it was
2: fine. Well, that well, well that's well that was kind of the story you got to go out and get a good burn first and get that and then that'll turn to tan well that can't be good for you <laughs> I know
3: that's geez. not good for you but anyway it's time for us to go Danny and that's all I got for this week
2: well we got two minutes left there Tom uh, well, yeah, that, you know, that's
3: for that's for commercials
2: well, no, it isn't. Two minutes and then commercials. So, you know, you could sing us a song, Tom. You can, whatever you want to do. But actually, that's all I got myself as well. All to right.
0: all the listeners, thanks for listening. And God bless and stay free, everyone.
2: You've been listening to the Wacky Walleye's Cutting Edge Outdoors, presented by Bait Mate Fish Attractants. Kid Rock will take us out of here. We'll talk to you all next week, my friends. out
0: into this great unknown And I don't want no one to cry But tell them if I don't survive